Well, welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. It's Stunning Sean. I'm flying solo this week on this very special stunning day as I celebrate my 45th birthday. Okay, thank you interns. Now back to work. I promise not to fire none of you today. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, our first news story this week concerns one of my and David's favorite professional wrestlers. If you were with us a few weeks ago, we were talking about Cardinal Wall coming off of his defeat to Spike Trebay at Progress Chapter 151. And Car gave us an injury update. Apparently, he wrestled 20 minutes of that World Championship match with three fractures in his foot. We here at Radio Free Professional Wrestling want to wish Tom Dawkins slash Cardinal Wall a speedy recovery. And I can't imagine spending 20 minutes in a wrestling match with three broken bones in my foot. I would be bent over and just tapping out as soon as I could possibly can because my hat's off the card for actually going through that World Championship match. And if you haven't seen it yet, Progress does do a two-week free trial. You just go over to Demand Progress. And I highly recommend you guys look at Chapter 151 and this world title match. Our next story concerns a health update for one of our favorite wrestlers as well, as Robert Roode went to Instagram yesterday and gave us an update on his situation. Apparently, he went back underneath the knife and had his C4 and C5 fused together in his neck. Now, the WWE has already kind of let us know that we're not expecting to see Robert Roode back in the ring until at least 2024. Now, with his second surgery, it comes into question if Robert Roode will ever get back in the ring. We want to wish Robert Roode a speedy recovery, and we hope to see him back in action as soon as possible. Our next news story concerns AEW's ticket sales for AEW All-In, their debut show in London, England at Wembley Stadium. Their first day ticket sale was like 36,000 tickets. And at the time of recording, they have surpassed 60,000 tickets for the stadium. Now, the stadium holds about 80,000 people for normal soccer or tennis matches. This is this crazy to think they sold that many tickets. It actually surpasses the number of tickets that was sold for WWE's Class at the Castle in Carve Wells last year. Now, our last news story concerns about one person that might be at this show, as is reported that Will Ospreay is scheduled to be on the card for All In, but also this gentleman is going to have a very busy weekend at the end of August, as he's also going to be at, as Will will be also at Rev Pro's 11th anniversary show, which will be the day before All In. This has been your Radio Free Professional Wrestling Control Center for May 12, 2023. It's time for the stunning six questions. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully Sean and Jake can figure it out. Okay, my first stunning question for y'all. Who's the better professional wrestler? One, American Dragon, Brian Danielson, or the Besser is, the Besser was, or the Besser ever will be, Brett the Hitman Hart. Now, during a promo from last week's episode of AEW Dynamite TV, we saw... Brian Danielson basically cut a promo where he was calling Bret Hart kind of selfish for saying that he was the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, because you would always want the next generation of professional wrestlers to be better than you yourself. And Brian Danielson went on to say that he hopes 
that the next generation would be better than he is. So I'm going to leave this question to you guys. Which of these two gentlemen is the best professional wrestler on the planet? Now, me personally, sorry, American Dragon, but it's the best there is, the best there was, the best there will be, because it's Brett the Hitman Hart. He came along during an era of the WWF where it was going through some shaky times because it was 1992. It's the height of the steroids trial. Hogan kind of disappeared from TV, and they need that new baby face as Hogan went to WCW. And they hitched their wagon to break the Hitman heart. And he basically put that company on his back and had banger after banger after banger of a match. Against some of the people that were good and people some, some people that weren't as good. Uh, I could give you a simple that he had a pretty decent match with Diesel. One Kevin Nash, if he watched enough WCW TV. And he had a classic feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin where we saw the double turn. At WrestleMania 13. Now I'll give the Dragon his due here. Because the American Dragon did basically go to WWE. And in a time where he thought he was too small. And he was a B plus player. Basically got himself over. And that Yes Movement was organically built from the ground up. And basically he forced his way into a WrestleMania main event. And they literally had to give the title to him. So I can see the American Dragon having a point here. But... I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to say it's Bret Hart. Okay guys, second stunning question. Are you guys surprised that AEW was able to sell 60,000 tickets within the first week of tickets going on sale for AEW All In in London? If I remember right, a couple of weeks ago on the show, I made my prediction and I was thinking 60,000 would be the total sold for the event itself. I'm one that is surprised that AEW was able to come into London, hit the ground running, and get the show like like three fourths sold already. We're looking at twenty thousand tickets left, and we're still three months away, and we still not have one match announced for this card. So my hats off to Tony Khan and everybody at AEW. It just shows that the international market right now for professional wrestling is hot as you know what. And we just saw it this past weekend with WWE going to Puerto Rico for Backlash. That crowd made that show so much better than what it should have been. Now, just imagine this August when we get AEW in London for the very first time. The British and European crowd there. This this is going to be a must-see event. If you're not able to travel to London for the show, it's going to be one where you want to sit down with your wrestling fans and make a day of it. Okay, third sending question for you guys. Are Real Ripley and Dominic Mysterio... Better than Edge and Lita at the height of Edge and Lita as a couple in WWE. Now, yes, we know the story behind Edge and Lita and why they got so much heat during that era of WWE TV. But I want to argue with you that Dominic Mysterio and Lita Ripley right now are hotter as hills than Edge and Lita during their prime in that run. For example, this past weekend at Backlash, that San Juan crowd wanted Eels Guy to beat Ripley so bad they could taste it. You felt that motion come off the screen and the fact that Leah Ripley still won that match. I feel like the WWE missed an opportunity there to change that title over to EO Sky and that crowd would have gone off. Now we'll come on to another moment where I feel like the WWE missed as well. But this crowd also would not let Dominic Mysterio say one word as they were booing him out of the freaking building 
And when the LWO, Carlito, came down there to battle Van Balor and Dominic, that crowd was white freaking hot. And it's not just that crowd. Each week you see Dominic Mysterio gain more heat as he continues this kind of prison Dom character that he started at WrestleMania where we saw him do that crazy entrance where he had the Rey Mysterio match that was kind of an homage to Rey Mysterio from Halloween Havoc 1997. And I, for one, just went, oh, he gets it. He knows how to play a hill and get this crowd to totally hate the, everything about him. Okay, my fourth stunning question for y'all this week. Does AEW lose anything by shutting down Dark and Dark Elevation? Now, if you don't know the story, apparently a part of this new deal with AEW and Deserving Time Warner is that all AEW content is exclusive to the channels that Deserving Time Warner has or their serving platform they are coming up with, which is HBO Max. So... AEW had to shut down their Dark and Dark Elevation shows that were on YouTube. Now, during the pandemic era, these two shows were kind of put together by Tony Khan to give wrestlers a chance to have matches that earn some income and also allow AEW to bring in independent talent, have them have some matches to see what they can do and kind of cherry pick who they want to bring onto Dynamite and Rampage. Now, apparently... As the rumors going around, Rampage is going to become more like the AEW Dark and Elevation show where you see more of the innovative talent come onto that show as AEW is rumored to have a Saturday show coming up here in June called Collision. The announcement of this Saturday show should be next week as the Survey Time Warrant has their upfront meetings on May 17th and Tony Khan was on last night's episode of AEW TV saying that he will have a big major announcement next week on AEW TV. And, of course, it seems like every week is a week where Tony Khan has a major announcement, so we'll just have to stay tuned about that. But I kind of feel bad for some of the independent wrestlers that had this opportunity to be on Dark or Dark Elevation. Now, shift this over to Rampage. Rampage is only like an hour now, they also have RLH TV, which is not a part of this This Every Time War AEW deal. And Tony can use some of these talents in his RLH rebranding. But you don't get as many eyeballs to that as you would have done to YouTube. Because YouTube's a free platform where AEW, Dark, and Elevation were free. RLH is currently behind the RLH Honor Club paywall. Okay. I'm going to be sort of sad to see these two shows go. There were some good times with AEW, Dark, and Elevation, but lately the commentary took me away from it, and some of the matches weren't the best. So maybe it's all good that these shows have faded away and we can focus on the new shows coming up for AEW. Okay, up next, fifth stunning question for you people. Who do you want to see Seth Rollins face at Night of Champions for this new WWE World Heavyweight Championship title they created. Now tonight, I'm going to SmackDown live in Knoxville, Tennessee. And there's two SmackDown Triple Threat matches. One being AJ Styles versus Edge versus Rey Mysterio. The other rumored to be Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus versus Austin Fury. I got a feeling that we're going to see Austin Fury versus either Edge or Austin Fury versus AJ Styles for the right to go on to Night of Champions and see who could beat Seth Rollins. Now, 
Internet rumors have speculated that Seth Rollins might be the favorite to have this title to start out. Another rumor going around that it might be Edge. Now, granted, I'd like to see Edge have another short title run before he wraps up his career. Now, if you remember earlier on this past winter, Edge made an announcement that he wanted to retire coming up in August when WWE makes that swing back into Canada around Toronto. So does Edge come out of this evening as your SmackDown representative for this title match coming up at Night of Champions? I got my fingers crossed. Okay, sixth and final stunning question. Now, during the news segment, I reported that the WWE made $1.5 million on the Puerto Rico Tours Aboard for having Backlash and San Juan Puerto Rico this past weekend. Now, Dave Messer is reporting from the Wrestling News Newsletter that the WWE probably will not be going back to San Juan Puerto Rico unless they receive another similar type of deal. Now, me personally, it's kind of sad because that crowd made that show freaking awesome. And Puerto Rico has a rich professional wrestling history. Now, granted, yes, you can argue that the stars align. You had Bad Bunny, one of the hottest music artists on the planet at this moment. Just happened to be from San Juan Puerto Rico. And he had the right opponent in Damian Priest. And everything fell together just right to make that event happen. But, you know, sometimes that's the best thing that can possibly happen. This everything lines up is accidental, but it comes out this looking so much better than what it could possibly be. But I feel like this should be kept in the memories of the WWE higher-ups that, hey, you know what, we may want to come back to Puerto Rico a little bit sooner than 13 years or so for a major pay-per-view. And now it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly in the week that was professional wrestling. Okay, let's start with my good this week. And I've been having this thing all through the show, that WWE Backlash for the most part, was my good. It starts out with that match between Bianca Belair and Eel Sky for the Raw Women's Championship, and that crowd basically wanting Eel Sky to take that title off of Bianca Belair. And it had one of the most heartfelt moments as Selena Vett made her Puerto Rican debut in a match for the SmackDown Women's title against Real Ripley. And I, this is the other moment where I feel like the WWE missed an opportunity. That crowd so wanted Vega to win that title. And you could see the tears streaming down Vega's eyes, the former Fia Trinidad. Now, if you don't know her backstory, her dad passed away during the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Now, the WWE had a show a night before one of the 9-11 anniversaries, Madison Square Garden. And at the last moment, they pulled Fia from that match. And me and Dave were so freaking upset. I'm just happy that she had this chance in Puerto Rico to have this moment in the sun. And yeah, I wish she would have won the title. I can see her taking that title to the memorial and sitting it down by her dad's name and having a picture taken and having that for the rest of her life. And that'd be so freaking awesome. And I feel like the WWE owed that to her, especially after what they did the last time they had a chance to honor this young lady and the tragic story of her family. But my heart goes out to Fia Trinidad. I can't wait to see what her future has for her. Now, this premium live event also had a freaking heck of a match that should have been the main event. It's Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest and that San Juan street fight. This basically rests the case that Bad Bunny is the best celebrity wrestler right now on the planet because he had one banger of a match with Damian Priest. 
it's just crazy how Bad Bunny understands the intricacies of professional wrestling because he's basically had three matches, if my memory serves me right, and he has no reason to be as good as he is because he can sell like better than some professional wrestlers right now on the scene. And I watched this match live, and after watching this, I was going like, I don't know what could follow this match. And I know Cody and Brock Lesnar are coming up here, and Cody and Brock had a dang good match. But it wasn't as good as this match here in front of this crowd. I would have reversed this. I would have had Cody and Brock go on first and close the show with Bad Bunny standing tall in the middle of the ring with the LWO. That's the way you send this show off here to make it even better than what it was. Okay, my baddest week comes from AEW TV. It's their main event. It's a steel cage match. It's John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, and the steel cage is designed to keep people out. But we see Kenny Omega use a B trigger to knock John Moxley through the cage, which was a cool spot. I thought Kenny Omega might have got an injury there because his knee got hung up there on the rope for a second. But this allowed Don Callis to come into the ring after Kenny Omega hit the one wing angel, had the pin on Moxley, and Don Callis turns on Kenny Omega. And I'm sitting there scratching my head like, why in the world is Don Callis turning on Kenny Omega? And I just don't know. And right now, being 48 hours removed from this, I'm just going to call this my baddest week because I had a feeling once that cage went down that they were going to debut Kota Ibushi and we're going to see a happy moment for Kenny Omega as the Blackpool Combat Club comes in there, attack Kenny Omega, and it's Kota Ibushi making the save. Maybe I just got myself hyped up for no good reason, and I'll take all blame for that, okay? I will. And we'll wait and see how the story goes with Don Cow's turning on Kenny Omega. And I'm just hoping he doesn't sign with the Batpool Combat Club because he's basically filling the role of William Regal. I'm like going, why in the world would you join this crew? Okay, that only leaves my ugly for the week. And my ugly this week comes from AEW Rampage. It's the firm deletion. Now, I went into this thinking... Okay, what does Matt Hardy have up his sleeve for yet another trip into that universe, that cinematic match that we know as the final deletion? And honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I felt like they were playing the greatest hits from the last couple of these cinematic matches that Matt Hardy has had. There was nothing new in this from deletion. Now, Isaiah Cassidy had a heck of a spot doing the swanton off the top of the Dumbo deletion. But what brought me out of this match was the fact that AEW decided, oh, we need commentary for this. They actually had commentary. And if you watch this on Rampage, or if you go over to the director cut they got on YouTube, I'm going to argue that their commentary is out of sync with the video. Because I feel like the commentary was basically cookie cutter paste, WWE, 2K, whatever, video game commentary. And they just sliced it into moments. And it's just like, it doesn't belong here. It's like a bad Japanese horror movie. The other thing that took me out of this match was the fact that they went to picture in picture during the firm deletion. It's a cinematic match. There should be a way for you to get around having to do a commercial ad break during this match. Because, oh hey, we're in the middle of this freaking universe. But yet, we're going to slide to commercial. What the freaking heck. It kind of just left me wishing I had that 10 minutes back from the end of... Rampage so I could watch something else and I felt the same way when I watched the director cut the day later It's a 20 minute director cut and I think oh they're gonna add some stuff that they had to delete because of TV time 
and there's not that much there in the director cut. It's different. So, like, why the hell do you put this on your YouTube channel? So, that was my good, the bad, and ugly for this week in professional wrestling. What's on tap? The guys give you their picks on what you can't miss this week. Okay, it's Friday Night Smackdown. It's live from my hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. We got two triple threat matches to select the two finalists for the SmackDown side of this WWE Royal Heavyweight Championship match. One of them being AJ Styles versus Edge versus Rey Mysterio, which should be a hell of a match. And the other one is Austin Fury, Bobby Lashley, and Sheamus, which should be a hard-hitting match as well. We also have the return of the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns, for probably a promo. Can't wait to, to acknowledge the Tribal Chief. And we have the WWE Women's Tag Team title match as we see two members of Damage Control face off against Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. Now, last week on SmackDown, the local ad advertised a triple threat for the Raw Women's Championship between Bianca Belair, Bailey, and Eel Sky. So, if we get that match, even though it won't be on SmackDown proper, that's a hell of a way to close out my birthday. Okay, before I go, go over to SunnyNightMainEvent.com, become a patron for $5 a month, you get a whole slew of podcasts. And this evening, once SmackDowns wraps up, I am scheduled to join the Smack Daddies, Father Grave Fountain, and Brad the Dad to give them my live feedback to the SmackDown that they will be reviewing their 101st episode of the Smack Daddies. And of course, follow us on Twitter at RadioFreePW. You can also follow us on Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel as well at RadioFreePW. And until next week, Stay stunning. Oh, wait. The interns are bringing the birthday cake. Guys, I can't believe you're bringing me a birthday cake. Much appreciated. I'm sorry for everything I told you guys this year. Wait a minute. What are you doing? No, I don't want to kick my face. No. Stay stunning. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues. <laughs>